0: Jeff Kenney is author of the best-selling book, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, about an awkward boy named Greg and his struggles to fit in during his middle school years. A wimp is a weak, ineffectual and timid person. Are you wimpy when strong opposition comes against your faith in Christ? God can and will infuse us with His strength to carry out His divine plan. He is in the business of turning wimps into warriors for Jesus. How does that happen? First, pray for boldness. Then, tether yourself to the Word of God. And finally, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Who knows, God may rewrite your story from weak and timid to bold and courageous. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good.
1: Are you reluctant to share your faith in Christ? Maybe even a little frightened? Hello, welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for tuning in. Well, it's natural to be a little uneasy about sharing your faith, but God wants to give you something supernatural, the power to go from fearful to fearless, bashful to bold. Today, Ron gives you three steps to doing just that as he continues his series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the program on your schedule or make a safe and secure donation to the ministry. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Acts chapter four, here's Ron with part two of his message, Holy Chutzpah.
0: And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved. You know, Peter gets a few uh, pokes in the eye, a few kicks in the chest. You know, he says, uh, you crucified him. Uh, God raised him from the dead. Uh, This is the stone that was rejected by you. And let's make no mistake about it. There's no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Than the name Jesus, who is the Christ. Again, that's that's some holy chutzpah. That's some holy boldness. And and you, you can't you can't read tone in the black and white pages of Scripture. Having chutzpah and boldness for Jesus doesn't mean you have to be ugly with people. He just speaks truth. I, I want to suggest rather calmly speaking truth to power and just lets it sit where it is. Well, the reaction. Is predictable. Verse 13 Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, uh, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and and we can't deny it. But in order that we may spread, that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. Uh, Let me rewind that and read that again. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. People have been trying to silence free speech for 2,000 years and free speech that gives way to, religious liberty. And don't think it's strange, friends, that we're living in the same time. Uh, We have enjoyed uh, these United States of America and embedded in our, you know, Constitution and Declaration of Independence and our Bill of Rights and all that, uh, this idea of the freedom of speech, but now we have people labeling some speech as, as bad, you know, as, as hate speech. Anytime you start to single out some type of speech as bad and you say you can't do that, you've lost free speech. Free speech is either free or it's not. And um, obviously the apostles were not, you know, advocating for, you know, uh, our constitution and all of that. But free speech and religious liberty go hand in hand. And we're living at a time when people are trying to silence free speech and uh, trying to silence and, and take back and, and uh, uh, remove uh, some of our religious liberties. And what I'm just suggesting to us all today is it's going to take some holy chutzpah, some holy boldness from the church of Jesus Christ to stand up, to not be ugly. You don't have to be ugly, but to speak truth to power. And this is what uh, Peter models for us so beautifully. Verse 18, so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to listen to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. You know, they just went to their eyewitness reports here. Christianity, friends, is not based upon... Um, circumstantial evidence. It's based on, on eyewitness reports. When you don't have an eyewitness in a court of law, then you have to work with circumstantial evidence and, you know, you can build your case and, you know, get to a guilty or not guilty based upon reasonable doubt and all that. But when you… Oh, what, what a prosecutor or a defense attorney wants is an eyewitness because an eyewitness. Who saw this with their own eyes is stronger than any case built upon circumstantial evidence. Christianity, friends, and this gives us confidence, it gives us a little chutzpah, is not based on circumstantial evidence. It's based on uh, the record of the eyewitnesses who saw the risen Christ and then wrote down their story and their account. He says, For we cannot but speak. Of what we have seen and what we have heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened, for the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than forty years old. The question is uh, how, how do you and I get? such holy boldness. I, I think these are times, we're living in times where we need the church of Jesus Christ, not to cower in fear, uh, not, not to um, give in to the political correctness of our day, trying to force us to, you know, tamp it down just a little bit. Don't say Jesus is the only way. Uh, make him a way, you know, just, just make it more palatable and that's fine. By the way, when we say Jesus is the only way, that is the only name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved, all we're doing is echoing what Jesus himself said and what the early apostles said. We didn't come up with this. We're, we're just in a long line of, you know, the, the orthodox Christian faith where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Or as the apostles said, there's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, okay? Uh, We either believe that and have the holy chutzpah to say it, uh, or we cower in fear and and lose so much of the gospel in our culture. Well, how do you you get holy boldness? Let me give you three ways that I think are self-evident from the story here, even as it continues in chapter 4. Number one is to pray for it. Pray for holy boldness. It says in verse 24, uh, let's actually start in verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, and they begin this prayer that goes all the way down to verse 29. In verse 29, it concludes, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Uh, they, they, were, they were in prayer. I mean, it's no secret that the early church was a praying church, and we see this in you know, Acts chapter 1, before the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, even after the day of Pentecost, they were praying. And when Peter and John were finally returned to the people, uh, the, the people held a prayer meeting, and they prayed again, and they prayed that God would give them Uh, The boldness to speak His Word. Uh, Where you start in all of this is is you pray for boldness. You may have a personality that's a little bit like um, maybe Timothy in the New Testament, a little more timid. You say, boldness just isn't me. I get that. I understand that. Uh, Paul had to encourage Timothy a little bit. Remember, Timothy was a young man that he was about to install as the lead pastor at the church at Ephesus, a church that Paul planted along the western coast of modern Turkey, a wonderful church in a very cosmopolitan city. You and I would have loved Ephesus. We would have loved the church in Ephesus. Paul was there for three years, and then he put Timothy in as the lead pastor. And in his first first chapter of his first letter, he says to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You kind of get the sense that maybe Timothy was shaking in his sandals a little bit. He was a little bit timid. Maybe it's because he was young and he was stepping into the leadership role. But Paul says, listen, that that timidity, that fear in you, that's not of God. Uh, He's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So so maybe you feel a little bit like Timothy sometimes. Well, pray for boldness. Pray for God to uh, even superintend the natural personality that he's given to you so that when you're in a conversation... Uh, with maybe a member of your extended family or a neighbor or a coworker and and it's a time where maybe you need to speak a little truth to power or you need to stand up to say a word on behalf of Jesus and the gospel. You have the holy chutzpah at that moment (laughs) uh, to speak the truth. Pray for that boldness.
1: Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message Holy Chutzpah, right here on Something Good Radio. Somethinggoodradio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, check out the new Something Good Digital Library where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. For your gift to Something Good Radio today, we'll give you the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's all 19 messages in Ron's teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. It's our way of saying thank you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia. 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now, let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's
0: Something Good radio message, Holy Hutzpah. I think it's interesting, hold your place here in Acts and go with me to Ephesians chapter six. I find it very interesting that the Apostle Paul even asked the church at Ephesus to pray for him that he would have boldness. Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit, Paul says, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep prayer or keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then he adds this personal note. He says, and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul is uh, concluding a discussion about spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6 and how we fight spiritual battles. He talks about arming yourself with the armor of God. And then he concludes by talking about warfare prayer. And he adds in there that personal note. He says, by the way, will you pray for me that God will give me boldness as I speak the mysteries of the gospel? Paul, Paul asking for boldness I mean, come on, the most bold guy we read about in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. Even naturally, personality-wise, he was a pretty bold guy before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. I mean, he, he was a bold terrorist tearing apart Christian families and churches. But Paul found it necessary to pray for holy chutzpah, for some holy boldness. And if, and if Paul needs to pray for that, how much more uh, those of us, Um, all these years later. So it's simple, but just just pray that God would give you boldness in that moment when it's needed. Secondly, tether yourself to the Word of God. Let's go back to Acts chapter 4. And uh, beginning in verse 24, it says, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, here begins the prayer, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. Now they're going to go into the Old Testament and to the book of Psalms, specifically Psalm chapter 2. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 27, for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place." Now, that's a powerful prayer, and it's filled with a lot of good theology and references to a specific passage of Scripture, okay? Uh, there there's some lessons just in how to pray here. Uh, they start by addressing the Lord as the sovereign Lord of the universe. Uh, they talk about how uh, whatever His hand and His plan had predestined to take place, uh, they, were, they were convinced that, that God had not lost control. That he was the sovereign Lord and they believed in the sovereignty of God while at the same time uh, not uh, absolving themselves of human responsibility. And therein lies an important balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. If you go in one direction too far or the other direction too far, you're going to get imbalanced in your theology. But they were rooted in their understanding of the sovereignty of God and in His hand in history and the predetermined plan and all of that while also having a good understanding of human responsibility. As they went back to Psalm chapter 2 and talked about why do the Gentiles rage and the nations rage against your anointed? had some application for King David in the time in which it was written. Uh, But later, and certainly in Acts chapter 4, they understand that to be a messianic prophecy and the nations raging against the Lord's anointed, even Jesus himself. I mean, this this is a a prayer that is rich in theology. It's rich in God's Word. I just say when you're looking for some holy chutzpah, (laughs) make sure you're standing on the Word of God in terms of how he has revealed himself. And you'll always find boldness there. I have found over the years that even in preaching, uh, my boldness increases in direct proportion to where how closely I stick to the Word of God. If I drift into personal opinion and all that, I'm not as bold, I'm not as confident, okay? But I can stand on the Word of God. I can stand on what He says. And I can always know that I'm praying the will of God when I pray the Word of God as as they did here. Their, Their prayers were dripping in Scripture and in their understanding of who God was and how He revealed Himself and how He works in today's world. I think this contributed to their boldness. So if you're looking for some holy chutzpah, if you're looking for some holy boldness, pray for boldness, tether yourself to the Word of God, and then thirdly, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at it in verse 8. Let's go back there. The first time Peter speaks, he's released from prison. He's standing before this uh, supposed intimidation council. And it says, then Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them. I've underlined that phrase in my Bible, filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, just real quickly, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Okay? All believers are baptized in the Spirit. You get the Spirit at the moment of salvation. And they were, they were identified then as members of the body of Christ. That's the baptism of the Spirit. We're never commanded to be baptized in the Spirit, but we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit in the book of Ephesians. And the filling of the Spirit doesn't have to do with whether I have the Holy Spirit, it's it's whether the Holy Spirit has you. In that moment where you need holy chutzpah, where you need some boldness, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And just because you were filled yesterday doesn't mean you're filled today, because you can grieve, quench, and resist the Holy Spirit just like that. And so it's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment decision where I, I must yield myself to the Spirit of God. And I think if you, if you read this story, what you find is Peter and John, they were thrown in prison the night before. And what are they probably doing? I'm just going to speculate here. They're, they're praying, all right? They might be singing some songs of praise as Paul and Silas did when they were in prison. They're yielding themselves to the Holy Spirit. And when that moment came to speak with some holy chutzpah. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled up with the Spirit, prayed up and tethered to the Word of God. Oh my, look out, you know, a counsel here. Here comes Peter. And um, don't underestimate uh, the power of the Holy Spirit to even transform your personality that might otherwise be timid into a bold communicator for the Word of God where people go, what what is that all about? Never seen that before. And, And we say that a little bit when we see the Peter of the book of Acts compared to the Peter who's outside of Caiaphas' house in a cowardly way warming his hands next to the fire pit. And so in verse 31, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. My my prayer for us, friends, is that in the times in which we live, you know, that they call for the same holy chutzpah today that the church had back in the first century. And this isn't complicated. You pray for holy boldness. You tether yourself to the Word of God. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you say, Lord, when and where? I'm locked and loaded, and I'm ready to go. And being bold for Jesus doesn't mean you have to be ugly or difficult. Sometimes you just speak truth in a very calm kind of way, tethering yourself to God's Word, and you watch God work.
1: You're listening to Something Good Radio and a message from Dr. Ron Jones called Holy Hutzpa. Ron, let's talk a little more about those three steps to becoming fearless instead of fearful when it comes to sharing our faith in Christ.
0: Yes, and thanks, Brian. Let me quickly review those three points. Pray for the boldness to share the gospel. Stay intimately tethered to the Word of God. And seek daily to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now Brian when we do those three things we will no longer be intimidated or bashful about sharing our faith. On the contrary we will be infused with an uncommon confidence that empowers us to boldly share the truth. And a fascinating thing will happen once we begin to do those three things. They will not only make us more fearless they will shift our focus. So when you read about the apostles in the book of Acts Uh, What you primarily see is is their impassioned commitment to sharing the gospel. Uh, When they are speaking to those who do not yet believe in Jesus, you don't very often see them taking a stand against uh, this thing or that thing, uh, whether that be a, a social injustice or some specific pattern of sin in a person's life. No, their focus is not to take a stand against the world, but rather to take a stand for Jesus Christ and the truth of his gospel. And I think we would do well to take a lesson from our first century brothers and sisters. Because in the flesh, Brian, we we might be more inclined to take a stand against what is wrong, often to the point that we fail to show the world what is right, what is true, what is holy and lovely. And that is Jesus Christ, crucified for our sins, raised on the third day, and standing at the front door of our collective hearts, arms wide open, and waiting for us to answer And invite him
1: in and all of God's people said amen that's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts about boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ okay Ron we're up against the clock but if you would how about telling us what's in
0: store in our next broadcast well Brian next up in my series AD acts of the Apostles is one of the most shocking stories in the New Testament I mean this is something you'd expect to find in the Old Testament before the risen christ and before the church age got started but here it is in acts chapter 5 and it just brings chills every time i read it it's a story of two people a husband and wife who did something they shouldn't have and the consequences of their action were so severe so stunning that it raises all sorts of questions and so tomorrow i hope to offer a few answers that will help make sense of it all
1: Sounds as ominous as it does intriguing, Ron. That's next time when Ron shares his message, Money, Lies, and the Fear of God. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.